because I stayed home from work today because my daughter was sick. And um, I thought to myself, well, I'll be home. You know, I'll get some things done. But uh, you, no, no, this this dad thing, like I'm just continually learning how uh, confused I am about how this stuff goes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, things are still going well. I'm living the dream. I, I genuinely live in the dream. I left the remote control for the lighting system. So stupid. Watch this. I can hit that auxiliary on the remote you can barely see me now you can see how janky the background is and i can put it up i was watching one thing i did get done today was i looked at i watched lighting videos on youtube on how to light a podcast and i'd done that before and then i bought these inexpensive lights in fact the light that's they call it the hair light or the hairline light um the big one is the key light i think i don't know i'm definitely not a professional when it comes to this stuff but um I was watching some of those videos today and the way that they cut their video, it was just really impressive. I was, I watched a couple different, uh, different folks just, I mean, it's a testament that you can learn anything from the internet. And even though this is, you know, this is a studio in the making, um, and I just need to keep making these or otherwise I'm not going to, you know, if I wait for the studio to be perfect, then it's never going to get done. So, um, this is like a folding table. You can you don't even see this, but look, most people aren't, li they're listening, but like, this is just a janky folding table with a black tablecloth on top. That's got a little bit of sawdust because my workshop is right here to my left. I don't know what the hell am I talking about? This isn't even interesting. I actually did take notes today. I wanted to talk about a couple things. I'm trying to organize this a bit more struck, more structurally, um, kind of like prepping before I do the podcast instead of just rambling. So, um, not like episode, I think like 58 or 59 where I was like top 10 things you should do to be an idiot on the internet. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was, but, um, it, it just felt so disingenuous, but you know, I, I write daily, I read daily and the baby's stirring, you know, this happens every time I get like a couple minutes into the podcast, this is what I hear. Listen, a little white noise. It's actually brown noise, not white noise. White noise is like obnoxious. If you think you're listening to white noise, you probably are. But what you should be doing if you have a white noise machine or an Alexa, set it on brown noise. It's way better. It's a bit softer, you know. White noise is like, it's like intense. But, uh, you know, I write and read daily and thinking of like putting some structure into my thinking instead of using the podcast. Initially, I started the podcast as just an experiment and thinking about uh, thinking out loud and, you know, the things that were on my mind, the things I was concerned with, uh, whether it's in my life or in culture or um, never really kind of going in a space of telling people what to think, but just kind of exploring the act of thinking publicly, right? To model for anybody who may be listening, like this is extemporaneous thought on X topic. And uh, I think the risk of that is that I can find myself in a space where I'm sharing things that, you know, feel, cause I'm in, you know, I'm in my basement by myself. My wife is like, you know, getting ready for bed and baby's asleep and I've had my day and I could definitely find myself in a space where I ramble and feel as if I'm just talking to myself. But in reality, I'm talking to a lot of people. And so, um, I think that brings in a couple things, which is I need to have respect for the listener. 
So actually preparing and thinking about what it is that I've been up to in relationship to how that would be beneficial for anybody who chooses to spend their time listening. And then secondly, um, you know, I'm a public facing person. I'm a person who has many roles. I actually just started another business. I'm starting to do web design, um, which I'm very like, don't take web design advice from me just yet. Cause I'm still learning how to do this, but I have a client and, um, designing a website and, you know, kind of digging into another aspect of just building things, right? Like I just love building things. This podcast I built, um, my yoga business, I built like my family, my wife and I are in the process of building. I renovated this house. I built a van. Like I just like doing and building and learning. And I think that that's my sort of mission in life is to learn everything I can and build things that allow people to either experience something or to learn something. Because I think, I think that sometimes life sucks. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. And I, the way that we can sort of move our way through, I have a family member who's um, in the final stages of life. I say this as my baby starts to kick. Please don't start crying, baby. She's sucking her thumb. I think that that's like, you don't want your baby to start sucking their thumb, but when it puts her back to sleep, you ain't mad at it. But you know, there's, there's real tragedy in life. There's sadness in life and it's going to happen. And I think that the only way that we can sort of alleviate that in the long term and in the short term and in the acute term and in the chronic term is to continually expand our capacity, whether it's our capacity to do things, learn things, listen more, be more compassionate, become more articulate, all these different, um, we have these capacities within us in order to develop those things. And there's a deeper layer to everything that we do right? Like just setting up the lighting for this. It took me a fair amount of time just because I like to fiddle with things, but you know, there's a deeper dimension of like, why is it that this light is the most prominent light? Well, it's on the subject, but then why is there a light above my head? Well, cause there's a background and that's also important. Right. And so, you know, the, the, the way that we see things, the way that we light things, there's even symbolism within that. And so, you know, whether it's a novel that you're reading, a show that you're watching, we just started watching The Last of Us. Oh my God. In fact, we started watching it. The first episode, Katie was like, Ugh. and then I crushed, she was like, I don't want to watch the rest of this. And I, and then I just crushed it on my iPad uh, while I was doing dishes. And like, you have no idea how many baby bottles I wash a day. It is absurd. We don't have a dishwasher, which, you know, if I was a better carpenter, I probably would have designed the kitchen to have a dishwasher but that's not that's not neither near here there it's not there or here near there here or there near you know what i'm saying and uh that show is really wild and i i've yet to figure out what the i think the i think it's just operating primarily on tropes of you know love at the end of time and the fallen hero um it's a redemption story. And so like, yeah, it's all, it's all these different tropes, but you know, you can find a deep, deeper meaning in it. Like the main character, like he did bad things in the past, but now he's doing something righteous. And so it's, it's a redemption story. It's the sort of, you know, it's the, it's the Easter story. I mean, not quite the Easter story. Cause you know, in that, in that story, the guy who died didn't do anything wrong, but 
there's deeper dimensions, there's deeper layers of everything. And I just, so speaking of structure, I was talking uh, in my blog that posted the other day, um, which when this audio and video will get posted, it'll be like maybe eight, nine days in the past. I actually have a content calendar now. I'm actually trying to organize instead of just randomly like when I get around to it. So expect consistency um, and hold me to it. I don't need you to hold me to it because I've already held myself to it. I built the darn thing, the content calendar. Um, so I'm going to crush it. Back to what I was saying, though. The um, the deeper dimensions of yoga was what I was writing about in my blog because I have a lot of times bring up some of these yoga concepts and they get – sometimes when you start talking about some of the ideas in yoga, it's too abstract and esoteric for people to grasp. And um, – there's actually I have the book here. Let's see if I can find this real quick. I didn't plan this, even though it seems like that was sort of staged. It's because I was thinking about it in my head for like two minutes of whether I should try and find this line live on the podcast. This is a book of The Illuminate Breath by a guy named Dylan Werner. Um, I found him by just uh, going through YouTube and seeing some of his videos. And this book is all about the you know, the ancient practice of, of yogic breath work, but then also a lot of the modern science that's backed a lot of this stuff up. And he talks about spirituality in this in such a clear way. And I know it's on a left-hand side page. Um, bear with me. I'm not going to edit this out. So here's one way he says it, but I think there's a better way he says it sooner in this reading. Man, this is the worst podcast ever. I'm sorry. Um, see, I shouldn't have done this because I'm not going to go back and edit this. I'm just going to flip through this and keep saying random stuff that's not a value to you. But there's and my baby squirming. Oh my god, this is this is what it is. Do you want to get it done or do you not want to get it done, Rico? She just keeps squirming. I think my wife is like brushing her teeth aggressively. I don't. Nobody brushes their teeth like my wife. I'll tell you that here and now. It is some of the most intense teeth brushing you'll ever see. Well, ding, dang. It's, uh, I should have marked it. Um, damn. I shouldn't even, I shouldn't even have done this. This was a total failure, but I haven't quit yet. He talks, he says spirituality is, Oh man. Okay. What if I burn like five minutes doing this? Okay. Put it away, Rico. You're done. You lost. You failed. It's over. Punchline is this. I talk about things in my yoga teaching, um, that seem esoteric and intangible and abstract and sort of like it's, it's, and it seems very woo woo and hippy dippy. And you know, most of it is because a lot of the people that are professing a lot of the things of, you know, seeing a light as you inhale and exhale, they, they're approaching it and in a like, mystical spiritual way instead of a spiritual way which is how I approach it and how if I had found that quote from Warner it would have been really useful but it's you know for me there is an opportunity to transcend your day-to-day mundane sort of rinse and repeat life and um depending on your age, like, you know, there are people of all ages, according to the demographics data that I have that listen to this. And, you know, the younger you are, the less like context you have for the wake up, do your thing, have a little bit of fun, 
go back to bed. But make sure you go back to bed early because you got to wake up early the next day, go to do your thing, have a little bit of fun, and then make sure you get back to bed. So like this David Foster Wallace talks about this, like the um, the day in and day outness of life. And so there is an opportunity to transcend these things, but the only way to do that is to dig deep into the experience and the knowledge and the wisdom of people in the past. And so you have to do that through reading. Like you can't do that or direct teaching, but like, you know, I live in a small town in Appalachia. Like the, I don't, the, I'm sure there are teachers out there, but you know, I haven't found them that I mean, I've definitely learned things in person. Don't don't take me the wrong way, but you know, somebody like Dylan Werner or this, you know, stack of books that I put back behind me to brag about how many books I've read, like the, the, the depth and richness of those writers is available to us if we avail ourselves to it. And so when we talk about the deeper dimensions of, of yoga or of a novel, like I'm trying to get this point across to my students, we're finishing up Lord of the Flies over the next week or two. And like the characters aren't the characters. The characters are moving around and doing things in the world. And yes, they, they are driving the plot forward, but somebody like Golding who wrote that book, he has so much more to say than just people in the world doing things. He's trying to like articulate the archetypes, the, the sort of structures of how patterns emerge in culture. I put my cell phone right next to my zoom recorder. So stupid. I spent too much time trying to like get this lighting right that I haven't set anything up and everything. I, but I did make notes and I prepped things, but that's the, that's the, you can hear my wife's getting ready for bed. She's taking a shower. You can hear the creak creak of this old house. This house is 75 years old, which is pretty cool because we've modernized it except for this dungeon of a basement. So I'm going to like make a proper like walls and studio, maybe even soundproof this space. If my wife will let me, it's a business write off. What was I talking about? Deeper dimensions. So it's like you can look at everything and understand that there's a deeper layer underneath it. And for some things that deeper layer is its vacuousness and you can discover the, the vacuous nature of something if you're willing to dig into it or you can take it as characters moving through space and time. And so the spirituality that Dylan Warner talks about is what I resonate with, which is, you know, it doesn't have to be, some people do approach this idea of spirituality as a mystical sort of third party engagement with um, the inner workings and intangibles of the universe. And that, individuals are just inside of a body having an experience that they are also an intangible. And that seems so unprovable and not even necessarily useful for me. Um, though I don't discount it or like push it away offhand as I did in my teen years, my early twenties. But what I do find that is accessible to me and to my yoga students and to the people that I have influence with in the world is, you know, it doesn't have to be something esoteric doing breath work or noticing the experience of just feel like I've been doing a lot of yoga nidra lately, which YouTube that, which is just like a guided meditation and it's a guided meditation based on your sensory cortex, meaning they give you prompts to notice just your thumb on your left hand 
and then just your pointer finger and then ring finger and so on and so on and so on all the way down to the subtleties of the soles of your feet and your heels and so it, it it'll put you to sleep which is actually really nice but it's also giving you an awareness of how subtle your awareness is like you're listening to a podcast you're probably doing something else right now but the next time that you just are sitting somewhere quietly which seldom happens anymore but if you find yourself in that position just see how many sensations you can feel in your hand and notice that there are like little pulses of electricity and tingling even without you touching anything you can like you can't turn that sensory off um and the only way that it gets you can't consciously turn it off it just turns off because you don't pay attention to it if that makes sense and so you know it doesn't have to be mysticism it could just be your experience is far you have far more access to a vastness that is your human experience than we allow to happen in the culture we live in so that's what these yoga practices are about and that's what it's about reading a, a book right i don't read a lot of narrative fiction but you know when you read a good fiction novel you go through it and you realize like oh this is it like it manifests in you a recognition in those characters like there's something about those characters that you see within yourself even if it's just a little tidbit of something and so like lord of the flies like jack is this aggressive sort of um sort of a crybaby which you find out later who ends up being like fairly terrible and violent but like i have all of that in me right and then ralph is this sort of pretty boy um, like wants to be the leader. I have that in me. Piggy's this sort of neurotic know-it-all. Like I have a little bit of that in me, right? And so these characters resonate with us because we are those characters, even if not in full throttle of those characters. But that's the deeper dimension. This actually went way off on a tangent. I have like five bullet points here, and I skipped all the way down to the bottom bullet point, which was the deeper dimensions of everything. Literature, yoga, carpentry. So <laughs> you got the punchline early, but I do want to talk about some other stuff that I've been doing. I've been doing – I uh, we did a planter garden in the backyard, which is really cool. Bought paint from Walmart. Terrible idea. It was $14. I had to get a tire fixed because in the process of building those planter boxes, I dropped a screw – drove over it was on my way to drop my daughter off at daycare i have to leave my house at seven o'clock to get to school on time and it was like seven five so i was already running five minutes behind because like you know baby stuff and then i get to the end of the driveway and the it's like i'm like no something's wrong and then my back tire was flat so i had to like chaotic situation um so i was at walmart refilling or getting a new tire put on the rim and I was like, well, as we'd be running 30 minutes and we walk around Walmart, I haven't done this in a while. And I was like, oh, they have a bunch of hardware stuff. I'm building a fence. I always am interested in new hardware, new tools. So I got cheap paint. Don't do that. Don't buy cheap paint from Walmart because I popped the can, started painting it, and it was like, it was like water. And it was, it was, you know, for all you knowledgeable painters out there, it was Kills, K-I-L-Z, good brand exterior painter primer come on baby and then it just like was dripping down the side like there was no viscosity to it and so i was like well uh maybe it's like because i was using some scrap lumber to build the flower boxes because it doesn't like why would i buy brand new boards spend 
$200 on lumber when I have a bunch of scrap. Just like I was, that's what I thought it was. Turns out, no, it was just absolute garbage paint. So got to paint the, paint the boxes, but I got all the soils and stuff that I need, which is sick, dude. On the other side of this, I got, um, I started seeds on the inside of the house. I did a very lazy amount of research and I put a bunch of like light bulbs over my seed starters in my basement. Cause it's still like, we still have frost coming today's date is like March 8th. And, um, it just like five minutes of research. It seems like I could do just normal incandescent and led bulbs, which is what I have over these seeds. Nothing sprouted yet, but it's dude. It's so cute. I take my daughter down here. She turned five months, two days ago. I take her down here and I'm like holding onto her and I have a little spray bottle. I'm just like spraying water onto the seeds. And, uh, she's so interested in everything, man. She just like watches everything and is just so curious. And like she'll every now and again, she'll like look back up at me. I guess maybe because she forgets that I'm there and then she'll smile and then she'll look back at whatever thing that we're doing. It's sick, dude. Being a parent is pretty awesome, but sometimes it sucks too. Like today she just like scream cried at me for an hour and a half and then she puked. (laughs) So whatever, but that's okay. It's part of life, right? It's part of the game. Expanding our competencies so that we can alleviate the suffering in the world. And, um, yeah, so another thing I want to talk about is I'm reading, I, I'm about done with this book, Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. And it was like on a bunch of, I, I have a couple of newsletters that I subscribe to and in podcast, like, you know, I have my media that I consume and it just like it kept coming up and I've read a fair amount about, um, like real tactical investment. Like this is, you know, automating your finances so that when you're, if you have a regular check, like you've already, as soon as it comes in, it distributes out to different accounts, like long-term, mid-term, short-term, um, daily expenses, you know, fund money. Like I have all these different accounts that everything gets dispersed out into. And then what's left in my checking account is just bills. Um, and so, you know, I've learned all these little tricks. And so I was like, well, what is this book going to give me? other than, cause like I don't make enough money to really make a bunch of money. You know, I have my side businesses that, you know, they make money, but being a public school teacher, I make very little money and it's becoming much more apparent as I have become a parent, <laughs> uh, parent, parent. So I don't know. That's a, another conversation for another time. But for now, the psychology of money, I didn't really anticipate much coming from it other than it was recommended by many people that I know of on the internet. So I read it, and it wasn't really about money. It was about psychology um, and the psychology of of incentives, of disincentives, of culture. Uh, it used a couple small narratives throughout, talking about how you know people totally botched this whole money thing, how they do well with it. But the lessons within it are much deeper than bank account stuff. Um, it's a, it's like, it's like a book about life and living and incentives that also talks about money, which I thought was really clever. So I don't know what, I don't know anything about this Morgan Housel guy. Um, but I want to see what else he's up to. Uh, he doesn't really talk about his career, but he must be, he must be a professional writer because he's very competent. It reads very easily. Um, a couple quotes from it. History is mostly the study of surprising events. Made me think of, uh, Nassim Taleb's, uh, black swan, but 
that is history. I don't know if you're interested in history, but history is just the study of things that surprise shit out of people. <laughs> They're like, how did that happen? Oh, let's put it on the calendar. Um, it's interesting to think about how many events that were surprising in, you know, my three decades, uh, almost three and a half, how many things that I would attribute to be historical, but like, I don't know anything about the Korean war. Maximum. Oh, hold on two seconds. I'm going to finish this podcast. Hold on. Just wait. Don't leave. I keep doing this. I keep focusing too much on the lights and not enough on the camera. So that little break right there was uh, the camera. It only runs for 30 minutes. I don't know. Just And then I see the battery light blinking because I didn't charge it. So if the video cuts out, I'm sorry. Um, maybe I'll find something fun to just like loop for the YouTube followers, all 50, 60 of you. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the it's interesting to think about how many events in my life uh, I would say would be historical you know but then you think like i don't know anything about the korean war um i just now have been trying to learn about world war one um one of my students they're doing research projects right now and he and his buddy are studying and researching and going to be presenting on the napoleonic wars i don't know a damn thing about napoleon other than he was allegedly short but then he, the kid told me he, that Napoleon was like five, six, which, you know, at that time, I don't even know what he told me too. I don't even know what century Napoleon was doing his thing in. I think the 1800s, but it's okay. It's okay not to know everything. And that's fine. Um, but yeah, it, like so much of, so I make those points because, you know, I mean, nine 11 people will remember COVID people will remember, but are they going to remember the 2008 financial crisis where like, in fact, in this book, um, Housel's book, it was something like $7 trillion of household wealth vanished. Like $7 trillion? That's a thousand billion, if you didn't know. And a billion is a thousand millions. So that's a lot of millions of monies that just like evaporated. It's just gone. So is that historical? Are people going to remember that? I mean, we're still like... If you listen to smart people talk about this that are much smarter than me, they say that like the 2008 financial crisis was like a break in the system that never mended. Like that that problem has never fully mended. Um, that's why we just keep printing money. I don't know. See back. I see back like 20 episodes. I talk about uh, quantitative easing and finances and stuff, and a more like not a macro, not even macroeconomic, more of like a meta economic concept um damn dude did i just did i just coin a new economic term microeconomy is how people behave in the world macroeconomy is how the economy like how groups of people behave in the world based on incentives and the laws of economics meta economics what is meta economics i don't know I, I think I know what it is. I just don't have words for it. Maybe there'll be a podcast for the future. Correct lesson to learn from surprises is that the world is surprising. That's the type of writing this guy did, right? Morgan Housel in Psychology of Money. I just think that's just like such a nice turn of phrase. The ability to do what you want 
when you want for as long as you want has an infinite ROI return on investment ROI is return on investment that resonates with me especially right now thinking about making money not making money what options that leaves me what options that takes away from me you know when you have a kid you start to think about things uh that you know they say this like you think about everything differently but you definitely think about things differently um i don't know if i feel prepared to expose my thoughts on that stuff at this moment but the idea of um freedom has an infinite roi is another way to phrase that i just think that's true last quote i pulled from this is you can't prepare for what you can't envision so it's like this guy's like you know you can't prepare for what you can't envision i mean it's sage wisdom that's old school stuff that's like something you would hear from a world war ii general right you can't prepare for what you can't envision so we got to dig deep. Did I just pull in full circle? I think I did. You got to dig deeper. You got to expand your capacities. You got to keep working on this stuff, right? Me, you, people in our lives. If we can start doing this, start digging deeper, noticing things, starting to improve incrementally in all these different like capacities that draw our attention, then we can start to envision things. We can start to see the potentiality of things and we can start to prepare for the good and for the bad. There's a quote that I like that I think it was from Eisenhower. He says, um, what do you say? He said something to the effect of, um, planning is essential, but plans are useless, which I think is a good merit, like a good compliment to, you can't prepare for what you can't envision. You can't see it. You can't prep for it, but ultimately you can't prep for anything because plans are useless, but you got to prep because otherwise you won't be prepared Peter Piper. I wonder if these would be clearer rants if I wasn't doing them at 10 p.m. Uh, I tell you one thing, ding dang camera would be charged because she fit in a die on this girl. But um, yeah, man, let's call it. I don't have the uh, card for the sound machine, but I can play this. Thank you, everyone. How obnoxious is that? Is there a seagull in that? Did you hear that? Enough of that. Here's the music. I hope you guys are enjoying yourselves. Subscribe. Make comments. It helps the thing grow. Every time somebody comments, I see more people trickle into the feed. And um, AaronWinyoga.com. Stay tuned for any other stuff that I'm up to. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.